The sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. Hey everyone, it's Michelle Williams, and I love being able to share my story with you on my podcast, Checking In with Michelle Williams, where my guests and I, we get real as we share the ups and downs of our mental health journeys, and I'd love for you to join me. Hey, it's going to be your church and your turn up. So listen to Checking In with Michelle Williams every Tuesday, a part of the Black Effect on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. We're going to cause trouble. Scott Farrell is calling the shots from the sideline. We're going to make fun of people. We're going to hurt people's feelings. It's Farrell on the bench. I believe in whipped cream with everything. It's Pharrell on the bench in the biggest way possible. Hanging out the bad seat, a broken day, a bad apple with a bad attitude, hanging around a bunch of bad attitudes, bad taste, bad luck, bad dude, bad breath, bad attitude, bad vibes. We are live in the Pharrell Palatia, right across the river and through the woods from where Granny loves her cartridges, especially the 90% Candy Jack when she's drinking shots of JMO in New York City. Snowy Big Apple, people dressed in plastic bags, directing traffic, some kind of fashion, shake it up, should do be- all my friends that come around, flats and flats of party, yo. rats on the west side, bed bugs uptown, what a mess, this town's a tad, my brains are splattered all over Manhattan, should do be shake it Hey, what's gigging is Pharrell with Mafia tonight, and uh, I gotta tell you, I was watching, and I tweeted about this, and of course, uh, the tweet jinx, but I... I tweeted in the third quarter of the Knicks game tonight. I'm watching the Knicks, and they're playing the Cavs, right? And uh, they were getting outscored 20-7 to in the third. And, I mean, they could not hit a shot from anywhere. I mean, they are the, the – I mean, it was like a Mason convention. They were shooting bricks like nothing I've ever seen. I'm sitting there watching a game. I couldn't even take it anymore. I literally – they are so awful. I couldn't even take it anymore. I'm just sitting there watching going, God, they suck so bad. I can't put myself through this. I can't take it after 20 years of watching them just absolutely bite. And I'm, I'm watching the game and they're, it's just so awful. And they're so poorly uh, run. I mean, I, you know, I guess, you know, Tibbs just got the job. So I'm not blaming him. I'm not blaming a guy that walked into that mess, that catastrophe, but it's going to take, I mean, a slew of coaching uh, and all of them, like a consorted effort, like top to bottom for, I think, a long time to get it right because they are just, they're laughable. They're so bad. And then, uh, you know, they were getting stomped. I'm I'm just like, I can't watch this. I'd rather watch the snowstorm out the window. And then uh, I turned on the Lakers game and that's what I'm watching now. The Lakers are starting to uh, run away from the Suns. They're up 11 now with about three minutes left and a half. And they were getting beat early, but now they've taken a a grip on this game. So I I switched to the Lakers because I couldn't take the lousy basketball that the uh, Knicks were putting out. 
So what happens? I turn around and like five minutes ago, I look and they beat the Cavs by seven. <laughs> Go figure. They win the game 193. I couldn't even believe it. I was just like, my God. I watched that game from the beginning because I, you know, I've liked the uh, Knicks forever. And um, I've been watching them lose for 20 years. And I mean, every year for 20 years. They had one good year when Melo took them to the playoffs and they lost in the second round. That was it. The 54-win team. That was the only time they've been good. So I'm watching this game tonight. And then uh, I, I, and just it, what amazes me about him is like Mitchell Robinson. This guy, five fouls in the game. I saw him get all five fouls. He had two in the first two minutes of the game. Comes in in the second half and he got uh, another two. He had four. And then they sat him down. He came back in and got one more. I mean, just that guy can't stop himself from fouling. We welcome in all of our radio affiliates. Don't forget, January 7th, we start on Sirius XM Channel 204. Good to have you with us on Mightier 1090 in San Diego and all of our affiliates on all of our networks everywhere, Sports Grid Radio Overnight. So Mitchell Robinson, is uh, he's literally the worst fouling machine I've ever seen. I mean, this kid... And he's got all the ability in the world to actually, and the and the prospects of being good is written all over him. He's got, you know, he's got like airplane arms. The guy's got a wingspan of like nine feet. He can swat shots till the cows come home, right? And I think he's uh, got all the talent to do those things. But the problem with him is, is that he, he just can't stop himself from fouling. He cannot control himself at all. He falls for every single fake. Uh, these bigs are so much stronger than him because he's such a toothpick that they just, Drummond was absolutely feasting on this guy tonight in the block, just shoving him around like he was nothing. And then, he, you know, he has to foul. And I'm sitting there watching going, I mean, he just sucks so bad. His defense is so bad with the fouls, not the blocking shots. Um, he can put back dunks. He can get rebounds. He can block shots. I get all that. But he has, like, the only shot he's got in his bag is a dunk, right? That's the only shot he's got. There's a lot of guys like that that can't shoot. Like, you know, Dr uh, this guy Drummond was eating him alive. And then you watch a guy like DeAndre Jordan. He can't shoot either, right? Uh, they pay him tons of money to uh, bang the glass. and then. I guess commit six fouls a game and, and hammer people in the paint when they go into the, uh, to the 10. But I'm watching this kid, and, and it was funny because I'm not imagining things. Clyde Frazier sits there and talks. He Clyde hasn't been around in 10 months. Tonight was Clyde's first game. He's back in town in New York. He lives in Lake St. Croix in the offseason. And uh, he was back in New York. He was wearing literally a, a, it looked like a sofa that your grandpa had in his house 40 years ago as his sport coat tonight. You got to see it to believe it. And the first thing he started talking about was how Mitchell has not improved at all defensively. All he does is foul people. Have you written a book and need some insight into what comes next? Or are you passionate about cooking and want to know how to make it your career? Or maybe you just want to hear insider stories about the entertainment industry. Either way, we've got you covered with the Two Guys from Hollywood podcast. 
I'm Alan Nevins, a literary agent and talent manager. And I'm Joey Santos, a columnist and celebrity chef. And on our podcast, Two Guys from Hollywood, we bring our expertise to the table with, of course, delicious cocktails and all kinds of recipes for you to try at home. So grab a drink and join us. We've got a wide range of celebrity guests and Hollywood insiders to discuss pop culture, publishing, and entertainment. And we'll provide you with an unfiltered and sometimes brutally honest show about Hollywood. As we like to say, we don't dish, we serve. Listen and follow Two Guys from Hollywood on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. We'll talk at you soon. You're listening to the source of live odds, line, matchups, injury reports, and news you can use. But we just call it the winning edge. Keep it here. There's plenty to go around. This is the Sports Grid Radio Network. for all on the bench so you know i honestly like you have to understand like as a as a basketball fan you know knox had 16 in that game uh obi-wan had eight uh they call him uh topping is popping and uh stuff like that that's what clyde frazier say topping is popping it's so so pathetic but anyway i'm i'm just sitting there um watching them and I've watched them for 20 years, right? Like pretty much every night. And if they're on, I watch them. Mafia knows it's true. Like he's seen me watch the Knicks and uh, the studio through the years. And like, I've done everything. I've gone to games. I've, I've stood by them. Like this team, I, I don't know what it is about them, but they're so awful. Like, it's almost like, mafia watching the the jets and the mets they're both so bad i mean the mets have had their moments i won't deny they've had a couple of moments over the years where i've known mafia like and they made the world series uh you know and and had some nice runs here and there but mostly they stink for the most part right and the jets have literally been they have been like I knew Mafia when they made it to the AFC title game twice, right? That was it, twice. Okay. And then every single other year, they've been awful. There's been no in between. They're either in it or they're awful. There's not a like, oh, they're okay this year. They're not bad. But now they're like the laughing stock of the NFL. They're the worst team in the league. And this team, the Knicks, are just as bad as them. Like, I, I honestly, I don't care one minute that they beat the Cavs tonight and I got, you know, backdoored on a tweet that I said I'd rather watch the snowstorm than the Knicks because it's true. It's true. I would rather watch a blizzard outside. A foot of snow is falling in New York City right now. There's cars crashing all over the city. It's crazy. And it's more exciting than the Knicks. Like, Watching the Knicks shoot brick after brick after brick after brick and turnover after turnover after turnover after turnover and foul after foul after foul after foul. I mean, they are so bad. I don't even know. Like, if I were Tom Thibodeau, you wonder, like, have you ever seen him? He's got, like, three strands of hair left, and he still combs them. 
Mavi and I know some people that have like three strands of hair left. If I, cause when I got like my area of concern on my hair in the back of my head, I got a little started losing hair back there. He knows I was ready to kill myself. Right. And uh, I mean, when I'll never forget the day you guys caught me with like, you know, starting to bald. Right. And I was in the studio and it was because I wore headsets for 30 years. Right. And you wear headsets or an NHL helmet or a baseball hat or a baseball helmet or golf, like a hat when you golf every day for your entire life, your entire career, I guarantee you, you'll go bald. It's automatic. You cannot like cover up your head and not let it breathe and everything else and sweat and all that. When you always wear hats, take a look. Every NHL player is like bald. <laughs> every baseball player is bald. And, uh, you, you know, you get old anyway, you start balding, a lot of men, whatever. But when I started losing hair, I literally asked Mafia, I was ready to kill myself. And it was just the worst thing ever because I used to have such long hair and rock and roll hair and everything else. And then I got old and it was all over but the shouting, right? So, uh, you know, I, I watched Tom Thibodeau. He's got three strands of hair. Those will be gone in three weeks because it, watching the Knicks, you'll just lose hair. That's it. You will lose hair watching the Knicks as sure as I'm sitting here because they're so awful. <laughs> I mean, that's just it. Like, I know that how bad they suck because I've watched every game for 20 years. And even Clyde, they pay him to be the analyst of the Knicks. He's been the analyst of the Knicks since basically since he played for the Knicks, right? So, and he wears these outrageous outfits. And it, more people want to see what he's wearing than what he's saying. And he's got all these stupid rhymes that he rattles off when he's doing the games. He's omnipotent. He does all this stuff, right? Uh, he's swishing and dishing. He does all this stuff, right? And it drives you nuts. But he's a legend. So everybody loves Clyde. And I saw him tonight with this sofa on. He was wearing like grandpa's sofa that he keeps in the you know porch. That, that old like sofa with like, <laughs> it looks like it's got corduroy or something. Your boy was rocking a, a sport coat tonight like none other. And then it, he wasn't even on the air five minutes. And he was talking about how bad they suck. He's like, Robinson sucks. He fouls everybody. He can't stop fouling. He has no skill. <laughs> the guy can't stop fouling people. And then he's like, Dennis Smith sucks. And then he's like, Randall, the fans hate him because he's a ball hog. And he uh, never passes. And he never, uh, you know, turns down a shot. He led them in scoring and rebound, and they still hate him because he doesn't play team ball. It's all about Randall. And then, uh, you know, the rest of Knox is a hack. Knox had 16 tonight. They still think he's a hack. Uh, and then, I mean, I go down the list, right? I could literally go down, uh, the, run it down, and I can tell you, like, all I have to do is look at them, and I realize, you know, how bad they are. I mean, it's like one guy after the next. Now, I know I, I'm excited that they got Obi Toppin. I'm, I like him, but he's like, you know, for sure, he looks like a rookie to me. He's played three games. You know, tonight he had eight. He was four of six on the floor, seven boards, but he's timid, right? He doesn't want the rock. He just, uh, he want, when he has it, he gets rid of it so quick. He doesn't want to do anything with it. He doesn't want to back a guy down or go baseline or do anything. He just wants to run the offense and get out of the way and hopefully get lucky with a, a baseline pass. Like the last shot of the game, uh, he put up the bucket that made it 193. And it was a flush dunk on the baseline. That's what he's looking for is a flush dunk. But, um, you know, Randall, they hate him. 
I mean, like, people, I, I never knew that they, like, hated him because I always said he's the only guy that scores. Uh, Bullock sucks, three of nine from the floor. Robinson sucks. Now, people say he had a double-double, 13 points, 10 boards, and a dime, five fouls. I know he had a couple blocks when I was watching. I won't deny those numbers are deceiving. They're deceiving. When you're seven foot and you can block that many shots and you can swat and grab rebounds and get put back dunks. I mean, if I was seven foot, Mafia knows it's true. He's 6'5", 240. If I was 6'5", 240, he knows flat out I'd score 30 a game. That's it. Like, if I'm 6'7", 6'8", 6'9", 7 foot, I'll score 40 a game. That's it. I mean, I'm 6'3", 220, and I score 20. So imagine if I had that much size. If I was two inches taller, Mafia size, I'd, I'd score 30 a game. But this guy wants no part of any kind of, you know, he's got no shooting skill, no touch. He doesn't want the rock. He just he's sloppy. Peyton, five points, two of 12 from the floor. Alfred Peyton, how, how can you be that bad? You know what they said tonight? He's going to start. Jesus, two of 12 from the floor, 0 of 4 from three. No one on the team can shoot. Knox can't. He was five of eight, three threes tonight is a miracle because Knox was terrible as a rookie. Dennis Smith's terrible. They want to get rid of him. They can't trade him because he's so worthless. The rookie Quigley. Uh, Quigley had three of 11, one of six from downtown, nine points. He was shooting terrible shots. God, I watch him and I just want to kill myself. They're so bad. Uh, then they end up, you know, coming back in the fourth quarter, obviously, and uh, winning the game. That's great. Uh, they end up shooting 45% from the uh, floor, which isn't bad at all, as I'm sitting here telling you how bad they shoot. But I'm telling you, if you watch that game, they were, you know, uh, 8 of 34 from three. Okay? They shot 23% from three. Uh, meanwhile, the Cavs were 40% from the floor, 50% from downtown, and they still lost. The Knicks were out-rebounded. Uh, you know, I guess the only thing they did well was they had less fouls than the Cavs. But once again, Robinson had five fouls, and I'm sitting there watching them. And it was so bad, dude. I can't even take it. Like, I was sitting there going, I think I want to go run naked out of my house into a foot of snow blizzard and just bury myself in snow. Hey, everyone. It's Michelle Williams, and I love being able to share my story with you on my podcast, Checking In with Michelle Williams, where my guests and I get real as we share the ups and downs of our mental health journeys. And I'd love for you to join me. I'm still on my own journey, but I want to be transparent with you because as I was posting all the highlights of my life on social media, I was breaking down. And too many people fall victim to the picture-perfect image of the high life. So I created a space to discuss the good and the bad. We can laugh, man. We, we gonna learn. And most of all, I hope to inspire you to go on this journey with me to better mental health. This is gonna be your church, your turn up, and everything in between. So join me on my podcast, Checking In with Michelle Williams, a safe space for every kind of person. Listen to Checking In with Michelle Williams every Tuesday, a part of the Black Effect on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, good to have Jason Lockenfora on the bench again, our buddy from CBS Sports and NFL Today. 
to talk a little pain day NFL skinny. How you doing, Jason? Merry Christmas. Happy holidays. Happy New Year. All the rest of you, brother. Same same to you. Happy end of 2020 and surviving it. Uh, no, it's good to catch up, man. Oh, my God. I can't wait for it to end. Are you uh, – yes. so you, did you get any dose of this blizzard? Did it blow through Baltimore it's or nasty. is it all no big I'm, deal to you guys? No, I'm, you can probably hear the ice. Like, it's like freezing rain banging off the windows and the whole nine yards. Yeah, we got a we're, – we're, we're getting it. So what did you think of uh, that Ravens-Browns game the other night? And uh, do you think that that Ravens team can get in and do any damage in the playoffs if they slip in? Um, well, they got to get in first, and running the table might not be good enough. I mean, 11-5 and five does not guarantee them entry. Uh, their conference record is is not good. Um, they've already got five conference losses. A lot of other teams, well, all the other teams ahead of them, don't. Um, so, yeah, I, I mean, you're you're talking about um, them needing to to get in, them needing to stay relatively healthy. But then if they're in, I mean, Kansas City they can't beat, but um, Tennessee's knocked them off the last two times they've played them, although the the, the game um, in Baltimore a few weeks back, the Ravens easily could have won. If they play Pittsburgh again, I think they beat Pittsburgh. I don't think Pittsburgh beats them three times. Um, but, But they're kind of back where they were last year, which is Lamar has to be the best player on the field. Um, the better part of four quarters for them to beat good football teams. That's where they are offensively and defensively. And, and you know what? A lot of weeks he is. Do you, so, uh, mafia tells me you're doing, uh, like, uh, radio in Baltimore on the fan. Now, are you doing some of that for fun on the side too? You got a little action going over there. I mean, it's definitely fun, but uh, I mean, it's four hours a day. Uh, it's it's a legitimate gig, but I've, I I I love it. Um, how long have you done you know, that for? How long What's have you that? done that for? How long have you done that this, for? We started. We started. Uh, like I think our first show was March the 11th. Like three days in, Rudy Gobert happened. Like honestly, like that the NBA like started shutting down our. Th- like the the evening after our third show and then all the sports went away. So yeah, I mean, we started literally as the pandemic, uh, as the, the, the pandemic broke out. Uh, so no, it was, it was cool just getting sports back and having, you know, the baseball season we were able to have. And, um, you know, obviously it, to me, it's a miracle. The NFL, frankly, we're going into week 15 and they haven't had to cancel a single game yet. Um, but no, I absolutely love it. Uh, I, you know, living in this area my whole life, this, this is, these are all the teams that, you know, you care about that your friends care about that your family cares about. And I love this city, um, immensely. So yeah, I, I think it's an honor to be able to, to talk sports with people here four hours a day. Who, who do you do it with? Um, Ken Wyman is my co-host, so he's been at the fan for a while in various capacities, and he and I have known each other for a long time. So uh, we had gone to games together, and he'd hung out with my kids. Uh, it's something we had kind of been hoping and planning for for a while. So by the time it it it, it launched, um, we were kind of able to hit the ground running because we already had a rapport. Um, but the reality is, we've only done, I think. 10 shows where we're actually in the same room because at the end of our second week is when the studio shut right. down and I haven't been back in since I've been doing it from my attic since like March the 27th. Wow. So you're up in the attic doing the show. Do you have it all Gucci'd out or are you like, uh, scared, <laughs> no. scared when you go up there, are you seeing anything up there when you're up there? 
Yeah, no, the, 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 the thing is, like, on a whim, we got the attic redone in February because it used to be really nasty up there. Like, right. it needed new installation. Like, nobody went up there for anything. And then, like, I called a guy who's done a bunch of work on our house in February, and I'm like, hey, in the spring, you know, I think we might need to try to get this attic done before summer to make it usable. And he's like, well, I'll, I'll do it, you know, whatever the price was. He's like, I'll take, like, 15. Like, I got nothing going on now, but I get crazy in March. So if you do, well, let me do it next week. I'll take like a grand off. And I was like, great. And then <laughs> next good thing we did, because I've been living up there 20 hours a week uh, right. ever since. And I, I would have uh, had a, uh, blown out one of my lungs. You couldn't even breathe up there. And then as hot as it gets here in the summer. But no, it's, it's fine, man. Ken's on his couch and I'm in the attic. And our producer's actually in the studio. And, you know, you FaceTime so you can see each other. But, but yeah, we, we, we have only done, I think, 10 shows where we're in the same room. Yeah, I've done it from home for 10 months, the TV show and the radio show, and I've done it from my daughter's bedroom. I have all kinds of TV lights in here, cameras, tripods, power cords, Ethernet cables, TV cables. I mean, it's yeah. a, it's Vietnam. It's so bad. And then so I finally, uh, I'm like you, I hired a guy who's building a studio for me. I used to have a studio uh, in my other home. Uh, when I did the Howard Stern channels, I, I did a lot of shows from home back then. And then I moved and the new house, I didn't have one. So I'm building one now uh, in my basement, a kick-ass studio. And then uh, I'm going to be doing it from there a lot moving forward. So let me ask, so I'm just like you going through the same same stuff. Yeah, so yeah, do you, do you think the, uh, like the Steelers, you know, I'm a Steeler fan. They fell off. They lost. Yeah. Uh, that Washington, you're up 14, you blow the game, then you lose to Buffalo. I think Buffalo, I always said Buffalo would be the team that ended their unbeaten streak, but I think Buffalo is very tough. Do you think yeah. any of those teams legitimately have a shot against the Chiefs? Because I think all these AFC teams are just piling up, getting ready to go into the playoffs, and they're all going to lose to the Chiefs. I think two do. I think the Bills do because I think they could win a boat right boat race with them scoring wise if they had to that quarterback's that good and and i think buffalo's defense now edmonds is a little bit banged up again but when milano and edmonds play it ain't like last year's defense but it's it's still good enough on its day and also if it's a snowy crazy day at arrowhead with only fifteen thousand people there i don't think that's going to rally uh rattle the bills um and i think the colts could play with them too because the colts defense is legit um you know, DeForest Buckner's a man. I think he'd be a handful. Um, they can get enough pressure with four. And they play so much zone. I mean, it's, it's, it's kind of vanilla, and you can knock it for them, knock them for it, but it works for them. Um, and that's the stuff where if, if, if Mahomes has to go death by a million paper cuts, you know, 15 plays to go 85 yards, that's when the turnovers arise. That's when he forces things a little bit. That's when he's sometimes human. And, and the, the Colts are not going to blitz. They're not going to get too cute. They're, not, they're going to do whatever they can not to give up the big play. That's in their DNA. That's who they are. And they've got guys who can make plays on the ball. I mean, that safety Blakeman who replaced Hooker is legit. He can blitz. He's good in coverage. Kenny Moore is a beast. Um, so I, I think the Colts could, could certainly give them a game. But these other teams, no. Tennessee doesn't play any defense. Pittsburgh can't move the ball. Baltimore cannot beat Kansas City, and he shreds their defense. Um, the Browns can't play any defense. So, yeah, I, I, don't, I don't think there's many teams that could, could do it, but maybe Buffalo, maybe Indianapolis. 
I think, you know, Pittsburgh, I don't, I just don't see how you can go 11 and 0 and then all of a sudden you suck. Uh, I just don't believe that. I think they hit a wall. I think they uh, started dropping a lot of passes. I think they had some injuries uh, and guys dropping, you know, uh, I think the Dupree injury hurt them and then Spillane went down and then Hayden went down. Uh, I think that all kind of caught up with them. Now, if they can get their act together, I still think they're tough. But on the other side, I think Green Bay and the Rams are kind of uh, where I'm leaning uh, in terms of on the NFC side. I'm not buying if if I know Breeze is going to come back, but how many shots is he going to be able to take at all, if any? Uh, before he's injured again. And I don't buy Taysom Hill beating anyone in a gigantic game. I think he's done well, but in a gigantic game, I'm going to pick that uh, Rams offense and that Rams defense more than the offense to have a shot. But I still think Green Bay, I think they're better this year than they were last year. They're way better than they were last year. I think last year was smoke and mirrors, but I still think if you commit the volume in the run game against Green Bay, you could wear them down. They can't really stop the run. They play with the lead so much. It doesn't get exposed, but they're, that's, that, that whole thing is built for Darius Smith and Preston Smith and everybody get downfield and play the, play the run on the way to the quarterback, and they don't do it very well. Um, if they had to go to New Orleans, I think it would be a problem. New Orleans up in Green Bay in the elements, I would favor Green Bay, but, and, and I know Green Bay's got the head-to-head tiebreaker on them, but I think Sean Payton would run it down their throat to Taysom Hill and Alvin Kamara. Um, and, and, and the thing I think people are forgetting about the Saints is when Taysom Hill's doing what he's had to do the last five weeks, you lose Taysom Hill, the fullback. Taysom Hill, the gadget guy. Taysom Hill, right. the wildcat quarterback. Taysom Hill, the slot receiver. And Taysom Hill, the special teams demon. You bring Breeze back, and now you have a more confident Hill and his ability to throw the ball and run the offense. And you have both of them available, plus what Hill gives you on teams, plus what Hill gives you running the ball, catching the ball. I, I think the Saints are a really complete team. The defense is legit. Um, they've got playmakers on both sides of the ball. I, I, I think they may be the best team in football. And I'm not a huge Breeze guy, but all he's got to do is manage the game. Um, but we'll see. That's why they play the games. Who the heck knows? Yeah, no doubt about it. Uh, respectfully, I got about 45 seconds. Do you think that uh, it's going to be six, seven, eight uh, job openings in the NFL on Black Monday? Because you know some heads are going to roll. Yeah, we've got some that are already obviously out there. You know, it remains to be seen what Jacksonville does with Doug Marone. I can't fathom a scenario where Anthony Lynn um, or uh, Nagy in Chicago uh, managed to keep their job. Same thing with Adam Gase, and then we've already we've already got uh, what three three openings <laughs> right now. So yeah, I think we're definitely going to be north of a half dozen, Scotty. Hey, listen, it's great catching up. Congrats on the radio gig. Uh, Mafia told me you were doing that. I didn't know. Uh, I think that's really cool and badass. It's good catching up, brother. Uh, happy New Year. Happy holidays uh, to you and the family. And say hi to everybody at the fan for me. Will do, brother. Thanks so much, and I'll catch up with you soon. All right, Jason Lockin for CBS and the fan in Baltimore on the bench. There are 24 hours in every day. 1,440 minutes. 86,400 seconds. And we still have trouble squeezing all this glorious sports talk in. Have you thought about maybe sleeping less? This is the Sports Grid Radio Network.
right, Pharrell on the bench. Uh, back with you. Uh, that was Jason Lock and Fora with us. I'm watching the Lakers and Suns. Pretty good game. 58-54 Lakers in the third in the Valley in Phoenix. Uh, and, of course, LeBron and AD played tonight. And, um, you know, briefly, uh, they were in the game early. Uh, I haven't, like, watched it, like, dead on. I've been on the air and stuff, so I haven't, like, been super intent on it. I just kind of have it going. And I, maybe I'm just missing something. I don't know uh, if they're if they've been in the game in the second half or anything like that. But uh, I saw him early. First a bucket of the game was AD pulled up uh, baseline and popped one in. And so uh, at the end of the day, uh, Davis played 18 minutes, had 10 points. And uh, LeBron played 15 minutes, had 11 points. And so, you know, uh, I see LeBron sitting in a, a bucket of ice right now. So he's done. and. Uh, AD's got uh, ice on his knees, so he's done. And then uh, the rest of them, I get to watch Kuzma tonight, Gasol tonight. He's played 19 minutes, uh, three points, eight rebounds. Schroeder was a guy that I wanted to see how he handled being a starter for the Lakers. He did nothing in this game. He's in there right now. He hasn't really done anything. Two of five, no threes, uh, hasn't attempted one. And uh, I guess he's got uh, three of six now and six points. So he just scored. But, uh, you know, overall, I haven't seen anything crazy. Harrell, six points, uh, three boards. Morris, three uh, points, four boards. Uh, Horton Tucker, five tonight. I think the last game he played, he had some outrageous game where he lit it up and has just been dealing for the Lakers. Tonight, though, nothing. Uh, Two of three from the floor. He's played seven minutes. Matthews, four points. So relatively boring. All the basically uh, bench guys getting to play a lot and uh, barely any LeBron and AD. They wanted to bleed them in and get them into the rotation. Tie game now, though, at 60s. I always like watching uh, Devin Booker. He's got 11 points in this game. Nothing extravagant. Aiton's got 15. Crowder's got 11. I got to tell you, I think Crowder's a great player. I thought he did a lot for the Heat. And, you know, he can hit that three. I mean, a guy can stroke it from three for a big. I think he's got a shot. He's got three threes tonight. There's no doubt he can pull up and jack a three and in clutch moments. He's not afraid to shoot it. And I think he's going to help him a lot. You add CP3 and Crowder to that lineup. And I think you're going to have uh, productivity in this game. Uh, CP's got uh, just two points, one of six. He can't hit the broad side of a barn, but he's got seven boards and seven dimes in his 24 minutes. So everybody on that team, uh, Mikel Bridges got seven. Carter's got seven. He's the backup point. Played at West Virginia. He's been in the you know Suns scene for a couple years now. So they're not shooting that well. 37% in the game. The Lakers, 39% in the game. So I've had my eyes on that game. Nuggets, I gave you tonight. There's a minute left in the third in Denver. They're whacking the Blazers 89-66 in the Mile High City. And I know early in that game, Murray was on fire. He's got 16 in the game. Millsap, 18. A lot of people thought Millsap was going to go somewhere else. He's still in Denver. 
Michael Porter Jr.'s got 10. Jokic has 12, 11 boards, eight dimes. He's almost, uh, he's two dimes away from a triple-double, your boy Jokic. Murray, 16, like I said, Harris, 7. Barton, 9. Morris, uh, not eight, the, the guard Morris. They actually uh, just gave uh, Monty Morris a new deal in Denver. And uh, Barton finally back. I, if you remember in the bubble, the guy never played once. He was injured the entire uh, time they were in the bubble. So he was never part of that team. He did nothing on the Nuggets run to the Western Conference Finals. He was always so injured. And then tonight he's back. He's got nine, one, three, four or seven from the floor, a couple dimes and a rebound. They got to get that guy into their lineup because they lost uh, Jeremy Grant and uh, they have to uh, get Barton back. That's just the, the deal. That's all there is to it. And uh, so if he's going to be injured all the time, he becomes you know worthless to them. Bulls beat the Thunder tonight in OKC, 124-103. And I just pretend like they're not preseason games. I'm just watching NBA Rack. I could care less. Markkinen had 11. Williams, 13 for him. Uh, Cody White had 27. He went off 11 of 17 from the floor. Five threes, five rebounds, three dimes. That guy's turned into a baller. Zach Levine had 24 for the Bulls. He's kind of their main guy. And the rest of that team is basic ass. Otto Porter's on that team. He had eight points in the game. Hutchinson, 11. I think the Bulls are terrible. And then the Thunder have lost everybody. Adams is out of there now playing in New Orleans. They got Al Horford down there. He had 15 tonight. Gilgis Alexander had 12. Uh, They got Moses Brown uh, out of UCLA. As a center now, no more Adams. He had uh, 12 points in 10 minutes. Not bad for 10 minutes of work, five of six from the floor. But they got a long way to go after kind of breaking up that team. Gallinari left. Uh, So uh, he's playing in Atlanta now. I know uh, tomorrow night there's tons of games in the NBA that uh, you can get into. Hornets and Magic on Thursday night. Pistons, Wizards. Spurs and Rockets, Hawks and Grizzlies in Memphis, T-Wolves and Mavs in Dallas, Warriors and Kings. Again, they played last night, and uh, the Kings win it on a guy three at the buzzer. After the Warriors came roaring back from down 16, they took the lead in the fourth late, had the lead late, and lost on a three. They had the lead when, when the kid jacked the three. They were up two, and then they lose by one. They're going to play again. Jazz, Clippers, and Lipstick City, they'll be playing. Plus, you got um, the Raiders and Chargers tomorrow night in Vegas. You know, last night we were talking to Vic Tafer, the athletic uh, in Oakland. He covers the Raiders. He goes to all the games in Vegas. He told me he still lives in in the uh, East Bay. And uh, eventually, it sounded like he was going to end up in Vegas, you know, covering the Raiders. And he basically said to me that, you know, they've been falling fast and hard and they uh, have, you know, stumbled here at the end of the season. And there's some concern whether or not they can uh, beat the Chargers, whether they can, you know, they essentially have to win out. 
to get into the playoffs because they've kind of I think they've collapsed. They're seven and six now. They got to win. They they got to win the games. They got to go. Uh, you know, they got to try to win ten games. They got to win the games. And then uh, Herbert's been hot lately, throwing the ball for the Chargers. So you wonder. And and Tabor said, you know, the first time they played him, I think they beat him by a point, and they barely beat him. And that was when the Chargers were playing all those games uh, and losing in the end in the last minute. And um, we actually uh, have Rod uh, Marinelli, the defensive coordinator now, after they fired Gunther. Marinelli is the D coordinator now in this, you know, last minute change of their season. We're going to fire Gunther, blame him for everything, and then bring uh, Marinelli in to run it. So. Uh, he's saying they just need to keep it simple. Let's listen to Mirinelli, and then we'll figure out if any of that makes sense. Well, it's the things we got to do, especially in our run. It's got to do our job. At the end of the day, coach and player. It's not on the player. It's coaches together and players together. So that's the thing you're trying to emphasize with each man, doing our job, and it's part of the teacher's job. They reflect the coach at the end of the day. So we just go back. Don't change anything. Just keep trying to get better at it, especially in a short week. Yeah, I don't know about uh, just keep trying to get better when you have no time left. I don't think this is the time, frankly, to go to school and learn how to do everything over again. And let's just, you know, uh, keep it simple and uh, let's learn from our mistakes and and shore it up and clean it up and and do better. It's beyond that. It's definitely beyond that because they fired Gunther. They fired Gunther because their defense sucks. They fired Gunther because their defense can't stop anybody. They fired Gunther because Crosby and the rest of them aren't putting any pressure on quarterbacks. They should have lost the Jets game. Mafia knows that's true. And I don't think you can really fix a hole in the boat when the water's coming into the boat. You know what I mean? Like, it's too late. You know, get off the boat. Get the life raft out, save yourself because you're going down. I mean, they have, you know, problems on the defensive side of the ball. There's no doubt about it. I don't really think Carr's the problem or Waller or any of that. I think they started getting banged up with uh, Josh Jacobs and everything. All their uh, problems started with, you know, I think injuries, losing guys. Then they had COVID guys. They had all these issues. And I think it all kind of caught up to them. You know, we've heard uh, Gruden on Coast to Coast talking about um, really, you know, disappointed in the defense and uh, making way too many mistakes. And he sounded like, to me, deflated. He sounded like uh, he realizes that they're just, you know, there's no turning back. They, They seem to have started slipping down the other side of the mountain and they're and they're failing consistently. That's what they're doing. They're not doing anything positively. They're not doing anything right. They're just doing things poorly. They're executing poorly. They're not stopping anybody, and that's why they're losing. Uh, the game in Atlanta, they got smoked. So the weird thing about that game is is the line. It was, it's three and a half. I'm concerned about the line because, you know, the first time they played him, it was a one-point game. I think that's what Vic Tabor told me, and then – I, you know, the way Herbert's been playing lately, he's been on fire. So why is it three and a half? I mean, to me, it's, it should be one or two maximum because the Raiders aren't playing well at all. Suddenly, Herbert is and the Chargers are clicking a little bit. 
They finally won all those games early in the season. They lost them all by one or two points. They blew every game in the last minute or two. They couldn't do anything right. Everybody was talking about how bad they are. Everybody was saying that Anthony Lynn was going to get fired and everything else, and it was all a disaster. But at the same time, they were talking about how good Justin uh, Herbert is. You know, Well, it's one or the other. They're either you know building something with Herbert or they're not. I mean, nobody thought he was going to play this year. Uh, although there was people that thought he'd play, you know, six games or something at the end of the day, but he wasn't going to start. Tyrod Taylor was going to start. Then Tyrod Taylor got a punctured lung from the uh, doctors on the team and they went with Herbert and Herbert's been the, the quarterback the entire season. And there's no looking back now. He's their quarterback and will be and is the future. And he's proved how good he can be. And now all of a sudden he's a tough customer. I always believed in uh, Mike Williams. I always believed in Keenan Allen. They got Eckler back. They're starting to play better. And you just get this feeling like that's going to be a game tomorrow night in Vegas. Vegas has no advantage whatsoever at all either playing in that empty stadium brand new in Vegas. It's doing them no good. So, uh, anyway, we got this uh, game tomorrow night, and uh, that's going to be exciting in itself uh, to go with all the NBA and the college rack. And I've been uh, actually watching uh, college rack in between watching all the fat NBA players that I've been uh, noticing. I said it on uh, the show last night. I made fun of uh, Zion. And I made fun of Spida. I made fun of um, Luca, Doncic. And then uh, today I made fun of Harden. Uh, I, no one can argue with me that they're all fat. There's just no getting around. So uh, what that means to me is, you know, obviously you get a super max. You get hundreds of millions of dollars. You go party. I get it. You eat steaks. Uh, you eat Doritos. Eat milkshakes and party and strombolis and whatever else. But I remember, listen, I don't deny, I don't deny any of them are great. I, I think they're all great players. I love Doncic. I think Spide is a badass. Zion's a freak. And Harden is Harden. And Harden can't be stopped. So he can do whatever he wants. But no one can deny that that, that guy looked like a fat ass last night and he was chucking air balls. Secondly, uh, Zion, in five years, he'll be 350. I mean, he's already at 300. I don't believe for one minute that guy's 285 pounds. I mean, he already looks like he's 305, 310. Uh, and then uh, Dodgett's ass is gigantic and so Spider. Spider never looked that big in his hips and ass. Still got mad game. Guy can score all day, every day. But I think they just need to get in uh, game shape. And, and start running every night, getting the burn, playing three, four games a week, and getting uh, all that will burn right off, and they'll get back to their normal body uh, you know, structure and, and their look. But they all look uh, terrible in the offseason coming back to play these preseason games, if you ask me. 
Build digital-first customer relationships with Salesforce Digital 360. Connect every marketing, commerce, and digital experience on a single platform. Innovate fast with easy-to-launch sites, campaigns, and apps. That's more relationships, more revenue, more return, and more success. Salesforce Digital 360. Hear from our customers at sfdc.co slash digital 360.